Hi, this is Gil Gerard, and you're listening to Saturday Matinee Theater. And aren't you lucky? It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends of the Longbox Crusade. We are here in Gotham City in our recording studio set up in one of the many unused rooms in stately Wayne Manor. I am your host, Jared Albrecht, the art sale artist, and joining me as always is the Robin to my Batman. He's not here, Jared. I have some news on that, Jared. Pat, he texted me. He said, suplexing that criminal from the skylight. <laughs> He slipped a disc in his back, so he's going to be running a little bit late today. Okay, all right, so no Robin. Well, let's see here. Well, joining me is the laziest Alfred Pennyworth of all time. It's my brother Jason, the Weasel Skull Albrick. And how are you today, Jason? I'm doing okay. It was a busy day. A-hole Bruce Wayne actually had me clean the house, so I turned on the Roomba. Watch ah. the shows. 1943 Roomba. That's going to be impressive. Transistors everywhere. He's a, he's a billionaire, man. <laughs> he's got all these gadgets. He's ahead of his time. <laughs> cool. Now I got to go tend my victory garden. So I'll be right. <laughs> right you, you do that. The and... Roomba weighs 1,700 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's as big as a Buick. <laughs> yeah. It runs for exactly 27.4 seconds. And you got to recharge it with nuclear fusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we've heard, we also have with us the incorruptible lawman of the city, Commissioner Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. And how do you do, Commissioner? Well, I'm doing well. And with Robin out, I was assuming that it was because he had to finish up high school. Now, I'm not sure if that's like for the first time or if he's having to go back and take remedial courses. Right. The I, thought, I thought you said when he was finishing high school, like he was giving exams to the students. I'm not sure. <laughs> now I'm Jason. really confused. I don't know how old this Robin is, is, oh. is the continuing bit oh. that I'm going with here. I might have to kibosh the bit with my fun facts tonight. Oh, just you wait. Well, all right. Let's get to our guest who's been patiently waiting here in Wayne Manor. I want to welcome from Blast It or Stash It, it is Huey C. Amex. Welcome to the show, Huey. Thank you very much for having me. It's beautiful here in the Wayne Manor. It's not bad. Jason, apparently. Like how the floors are cleaned up. At least that four by four (laughs) patch right there is clean. (laughs) Well, as we do on the show, Huey, we'd like to get to know your Batman thoughts. So you got a one-two punch question heading your way now. We're going to want to know what your first memory of Batman is. How did you first encounter Batman? And then what's your favorite iteration of Batman on screen is? So how did you encounter Batman and what's your favorite version of Batman on screen? Be it big screen, small screen, doesn't matter, just a screen. Over to you, Hugh. I think it's got to be the 89 Batman with Michael Keaton. I remember my dad was going to take me to the movies. I ended up being a little smart aleck. I got in trouble. I didn't get to go. I was so bummed out that I didn't get to go for the weekend to go see the movie. But I eventually did was able to go see it. And then probably my favorite on screen is Batman, the animated series. Absolutely love that. It's mm. classic uh, animation. Yeah, that's it. Simple. 89 Batman is how you, it was your gateway drug. Moved right into the animated series. Man, that's a good story. That's <laughs> I like yeah. that story. That's a good way to go. <laughs> That 90s animated run was awesome. I'll run off at the mouth about Mask of the Phantasm. I love that movie. I love it. 
<laughs> so I still liked Return of the Joker. I really got into. Oh, that's good too. Beyond. That was good. There's a lot of great modern Batman. It harkens back to the Batman animated series. There's two different volumes out currently. They're really good stuff. If you like that. I do like that. Well, now that we've gotten to know Huey's awesome Batman story, I mean, it's 89 Batman and Batman, the animated series. I, I want to go watch both of those right now. Like at the same time, two screens playing them at the same time, just, just absorbing it all. But now we got to get to the show and I'll put a little bit of a disclaimer on this one, just to remind the audience that this serial is from 1943. It's very World War II. And there is a bit of anti-Japanese stuff in it. So just be warned. It is of its time. Although that can be discussed with actually a bit of a humorous twist on it, as I may when we we get there. Jason and I were talking about it offline earlier. I'll get back to that. But just be aware it is a product of its time. It is very World War II era. Just know that going in. And with that out of the way, well, which one of you guys wants to do show description since Pat's not here? Who wants to show? Jason's going to do it. He's going to show Pat how to do it in one take. Oh, now the pressure's pressure's on. on. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Good start. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review show brought to you by the Longbox Crusade, where we will be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of televisions, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we'll continue our dive into 1943's Batman serial. 1943's Batman serial was produced by Rudolph C. Flotho. It starred Lewis Wilson as Batman and Douglas Croft as Robin. So grab your batarang, fire up the Batmobile, and swing into adventure. But don't forget, stretch before you suplex through the skylight. Folks, before we hand it to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, uh, or in this case, a listen, to a commercial that would have been playing at this time when this episode came out back in 1943. This will help us get the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 40. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Victory Gardens. Let's give it a listen. You can have vegetables, lots of them, on your table next winter. You can have your own fresh vegetables on your table this summer if you have your own Victory Garden. Yes, there's no restriction on home canning and home processing of vegetables and garden fruits and berries. Plan your Victory Garden now. Get your garden plot lined up. Get the advice of a garden expert if you need it. And be prepared to grow your own for victory. Join a garden club or community garden movement or share a garden with your neighbor. You can help win the battle of food production. You can help arm fighting men get the food they need. You can help save the vital metals used in commercial canning if you grow your own victory garden 
1943. For further information, write to Victory Gardens, Washington, D.C. Victory Gardens, Washington, D.C. All right, Victory Gardens. Ah, back in the 40s. Life was definitely interesting in 1943. Huey, what do you think of the Victory Gardens commercial? Thoughts? Definitely a lot of propaganda kind of stuff. I'm definitely a patriotic kind of guy, but you could feel that propaganda trying to encourage people to save for the war, grow their own gardens. I mean, we still still do that today, but man, it seemed like it was very much an up and front and in the society for sure. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I know that Jason and I talked a little bit about it today on a phone call. We were we were talking about Victory Gardens in, in 1943. Jason, your thoughts? Well, in patriotic fervor, I grew my own Victory Garden here in the Pacific Northwest. And it said in the commercial, you should consult with an expert. So I consulted with Snoop Dogg. And so my Victory Garden <laughs> has uh, a Jason, Jason, Jason. You what? might not want to be, I mean, this is going out to people. You might not want to. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the fruits of my victory garden. It's, it's totally legal here, Washington. They, and yeah. in Oregon, too. Huey, come and join my victory garden. <laughs> okay. It's, Jason might have missed the point. The victory garden was to feed your family, you not, stuff? not make you more hungry. <laughs> like, no, I, make, I make brownies with my victory garden. <laughs> I make you know, cookies with my victory garden. Let's just move on to Delva. Delva, <laughs> tell me about your thoughts on the victory garden. The first thought I had is, I mean, just like Huey's like, oh, yeah, it was definitely propaganda. If they aired that today as a commercial in the year of our Lord, 2021, how many different directions would heads explode? This is propaganda. Vegetables are fake. Uh, I don't like just all sorts of just craziness from every freaking angle. I mean, I like the idea of it. It was pretty simple. It's like grow veggies so we can get some fresh veggies over to the troops because like they didn't have mass production like stuff from every angle like we have today. So the combined effort for doing something good was at least nice. History fun fact, Delvin. It wasn't so much to get the fresh fruits and veggies. It's to prevent people from buying the canned stuff because they needed the canned stuff mm. that lasted to go over and they needed the aluminum for airplanes and munitions and things like that. Great point, Jason. Just sit around and enjoy my victory garden oh, and read fun God. facts. <laughs> This was the era of rationing and ration cards, just like Jason was alluding to. And I was laughing with Jason on the phone earlier. It's like, it's definitely, to Delvin's point, a different time where sort of sacrifice meant a different thing. It's weird to think we're not that many years away from like, hey, you want to eat dinner tonight? You better play in a garden <laughs> because otherwise we run it out of food. <laughs> you know, It definitely just really put me in mind of that sort of national sacrifice that our well, I guess would be our great grandparents went through, and yeah, and you know, our grandfather fought in World War II. So mine too. Yeah. You know what else it made me think of before we transition? Like, let's. I, I mean, of course, we've been talking pretty good memories, but I want to add a great memory, at least of mine. It makes me think of my grandmother and granddad, my dad's mom and dad, Charlie and Willie May, and both of them until they physically couldn't. They grew a garden. And man, I go down there sometimes and grandma would have that vegetable soup. Mm. (laughs) That actually sounds good. (laughs) Oh, it was so good. I mean, and you can't get any better than growing it from your own garden, taking it, doing all. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. All I got is a pear tree and it gives 6.2 million pears every year. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) 
and Johanna makes a pear pies out of it and pear jelly. And it's kind of cool to grow it and not have to count on anybody else. Just grow it in your own yard. So. That's right. What about you, Huey? You rock in the garden? Yeah, we have pear tree out front, cherry tree in the back, tomatoes, cucumbers, peas. I got a couple of beehives out there, so I'm all about the, oh, the gardening good. stuff. Oh, Heck yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's so cool and convenient. Yeah, my next door neighbors, they do that. They have a big gardening patch so that I just steal from theirs, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> they keep saying our garden won't grow in. And I'm like, yeah, keep trying. Know, our, our, <laughs> our, our kids are starving. We don't know where it's going. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, they put a scarecrow up, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, folks? I think we're unanimously all together on this panel saying it wouldn't hurt to grow a garden. Why not have some fresh veggies right in your own backyard, especially if you live next to me? Because <laughs> I'll come get <laughs> All right. Now that we're in our 1940s mindset, here's Delvin with the episode info. Yes, sir. Chapter three was titled The Mark of the Zombies. The director was Lambert Hillier. The writers, Victor McLeod, Leslie Swabacker, and Harry L. Frazier. Guest stars J. Carol Nash as Dr. Tito Daca, Shirley Patterson as Linda Page, William Austin as Alfred, and Gus Glassmeyer as Dr. Martin Warren. As a reminder, all 15 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you hadn't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here. Go check it out on YouTube and then come back to join our discussion. And at about 20 minutes per episode, it's not a big time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Batman. Jared. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Jason. No, 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 no. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Not quite on rhythm, but I love the enthusiasm. I tried. Huey. Oh, I have to do this? Yes, you do. Batman. There you go. One more time for everyone. Hashtag I'm following Batman. Oh, that's what it is. And it's okay. We still love you, Huey. And with okay. that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. When we last saw Batman, he was being tracked down by some very slow-moving electricity while tight-roping on a wire with the unconscious body of Linda slung over his shoulder. It was quite the dilemma. Luckily, Robin did something with a bat rope, and Batman was able to swing down to safety with Linda in tow. As a reminder, I think the last time we saw Uncle Martin, he literally jumped off a roof while under Daka's mind control. Well, I guess he lived because back at Prince Daka's HQ, Daka is once again attempting to recruit Uncle Martin, but it's still a no-go for the patriotic Dr. Martin Warren. So Daka zombifies him again. Daka also unveils his plan to destroy a key American railroad resupply line, 
He was originally going to use that radium ray gun, but Batman foiled that plot, so now he's going to use an old-fashioned bomb. Meanwhile, Batman, Robin, and Alfred set a honeypot trap for Daka's goons, placing an advertisement that basically says, we have your radium gun, signed Batman. Daka still takes a shot at trying to get the gun, but it doesn't work out. No big surprise there. Except for Robin dropkicking the baddest leg drop of all time. Batman and Robin make it to the railroad bridge as the goons have set their bomb. Can they disarm it in time? Will Batman be killed by the oncoming train? If so, will Robin drink a milk in his honor? Or a scotch? I don't know. Tune in. Find out. All right. Let's get into our highs and our lows and our what does and all that jazz for this episode. So for our first round, Huey, you get to start the round. Would you like to do a high, a low, a what the... What you got? I'll do a high. This is the first of these I've ever seen. Of course, I've seen them all on YouTube, but never really clicked on them and watched them. And it's kind of cool to see Batman in the beginning. He fleshed out a character now for, what, 80 plus years? Mm -hmm. And so he has this long history now. But it's kind of cool to see where he started and how he was gaining that pop culture vibe behind him. And I think that is the high for me. And it makes me actually want to go back and watch more of these to understand there are current writers actually taking little bits and pieces from that 1943 stuff and continuing it on. That's a big high for me. Absolutely. And Huey, since you weren't with us for the first two episodes, I will tell you a couple of the fun facts. You're absolutely right. This had an impact on... The DC Comics. This mm -hmm. uh, was the first appearance of the Batcave. Help me out here, guys, if I forget anything. The coming and going through the clock is first appears here. This changed the appearance of Alfred. He was actually a portly gentleman until this series, and then they, DC started drawing him skinnier. So this changed the course of Batman in the comics. So your instincts serve you well, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. Delvin, hi, low, what the? You mentioned it in the summary, but it's worth mentioning that I have no idea how Batman got saved from that plight. And that's where, well, you know what? They knew that it was going to be in black and white. So that's really on them to more clearly show exactly what the heck happened that Robin came down. Did he kind of, was he like a different lever that helped let? I, I, I no felt idea. like maybe he threw up uh, an extra line for Batman. So he was able to hop from the electricity to the rope. But I am guessing because it was not clear. No, it not no, it wasn't. And I mean, of course, you know, I'm not expecting all the action. You know, again, this isn't 2021. It's not hyper-realistic. I mean, no, <laughs> but I at least want to know how they explained what happened. I didn't even know what happened. It takes something like, what, seven, eight years before in Flash Gordon, there was never any doubt as to anything that ever happened in that series as, you know, it could have been fantastical or not, but at least you knew what the heck happened. That was the exact point I was going to make. We watched an entire series of Flash Gordon and now we're three episodes into this. I mean, they're all in cliffhangers. They're literally called cliffhangers. And we've never really had to scratch our heads about one. And we did on this one. It was not clear. Mm -hmm. Fair point, sir. Weasel Skull, what you got? Round one. I'm going to give a high to the physicality of all the actors in this show this is before the bat grapple and i've seen batman and robin and some of the thugs do pull-ups jump up pull themselves up fire escapes we were talking about robin come flying and i think it was the actual actor i don't think it was a stunt man that came through he, there he like 12 feet on I was like, <laughs> they're throwing each other around in those rooms wailing on each other with furniture it's really impressive the amount of physical acting that goes on and how well all these actors are pulling it off. So 
hats off to them for just their strength, their endurance, their flexibility, and pulling off some pretty good action scenes. I want to add to that. And it's kind of tying what Jason was saying and kind of what Huey was saying about some things that were cribbed, not necessarily from the comic book, but think about the 66 TV show. The fighting styles are very, very similar but in between those two. In fact, in my research on the show, I found out that the serial did get a sequel serial. It was also very popular. And they actually said in, in a blurb I read that without this serial and its sequel, we might not have gotten the 66 Batman the way it was, that there was definitely an influence. So your instincts serve you as well as Huey's serve him. <laughs> yeah, I had a question for Delvin on this. The fighting style in here, that's no technique. It's just brawling, falling down, hoping your punch is going to hit. Yeah. <laughs> there's no Taekwondo. There's no, nothing that Batman knows with fighting styles now. It wasn't pretty. And it was one of those where by the time you got to, say, the 89 movie and even the cartoons, they figured out how to make Batman look more technically proficient than the thugs that he was fighting. In this one, it looks like you have no idea who's going to win the fight. And all of a sudden, Batman wins or maybe Robin wins. So, yeah, I agree with you, Huey. There's been three fights and no clear winner. Those thugs are given as good as they get, that's for sure. Right now, I give Batman and Robin's best performance episode two when they fought the guys in the apartment. They did much better. Episode one, they definitely, I think they even come close to winning. Batman got chucked off the roof. Yeah. (laughs) Robin got punched around. Yeah. Yeah. But episode two, they did better. But yeah, it's, yeah. I think there were three fights and one dance on the rooftop. I think that's what I'm... <laughs> I think you might be right. It is back to you, Huey, though. If you're a second round high, low, or what the? I guess we're talking about the fighting style. It just seems so weird to see Batman not choreographed, not using those fighting styles that we're so used to now when we read the comics or watch the movies. It was just a street brawl. It's kind of crazy to see that. It's almost kind of a low for me because it's kind of hard to see Batman now and watch that and go like, oh, man, he doesn't have the technicality he has now. So that's kind of a low for me. But again, too, it's what? almost 70 years old or a little over 70 years old now so yeah it's weird to think that it's really only about when was first batman 30 39 nine yeah i was thinking 39 39. this is only like four years off from that it's weird to think how close it is to character origin but excellent point and i've just got a text from pat it looks like he's coming back from the chiropractor after that big leg drop he did through the skylight and I, I certainly hope he kept up with how many windows got broken in this episode because that's what he's good for he should be here any minute but while we wait on him to get here delvin second round high low what the i'll give a high to the point counterpoint i'm glad daca was in this again because i think that he's an excellent foil i uh-huh. like how he has a strategy had a plan and then he was even like okay they told us to meet there at 10 this feels like a ruse Get there at nine just to disrupt it. And then it goes to Batman and he was and Alfred's like, well, why don't I have to get ready now? And it's like, just in case they try and disrupt us and have a little or so I was like, ooh, a little point <laughs> counterpoint going on there. So for 17 minutes of story, I thought that that was a very good back and forth between Batman and his team and Team DACA as well. I thought that was really well done. Jason and I were talking earlier before recording, and we both mentioned how much we like DACA. And for 1943 in such an anti-Japanese sentiment, they didn't write him goofy or bumbling. Like, he's a legit villain. I got to give him a little credit for that. I guess it's easy to make him the bad guy because he's Japanese and it's 1943. But, like, he's shrewd and he's he's good at what he does. This guy's playing a legit villain. So, yeah, props for that. Jason, what you got? High, low, or what? 
I'm going to go with a little bit of a low. And I know it's probably not fair because this is early incarnation of the Batman franchise. But I just don't like how they're portraying Alfred. Alfred yeah. to me is like one of my favorite characters in the Batman ethos. And they're really making him look very almost like a caricature. And I'm not enjoying that so much. Yeah, like using for comedic relief. He's comedy yeah. relief. And he's not the sort of aristocratic Alfred. Right. The wise sage advisor, the trusted confidant. Although I guess they do trust him to drive him around and such, but I don't know. was pulling like pranks on him. I don't know. It's just not feeling right. It just feels weird. I don't like it. Well, good news, fellas. Look who's back from the chiropractor. Pat Sampson, DJ Christados, the Robin of my Batman, dropped 12 foot just to put a leg drop on a dude. Slip the disc. <laughs> He's back. DJ Christados, would you like to jump into these highs and lows as we wrap them up? It's a perfect time for you because... Robin, you're not 14 or 43 or however <laughs> old anymore. Got to stretch out. What do you think, Pat? Did you keep up with Busted Windows? That's my first question. Busted Windows? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to go into my Batman fights. Whap, whap, whap. Whap, whap, whap. So Batman fights the blinds. Yes, he did. I counted that and as a window bust. That's what I did too. Yeah. I figured that was cool. And then I, don't know why I figured, well, yeah, that's well, that's the only one. Come on now, the skylight. Oh, all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All well, day. didn't fight that. He didn't go so, through he, that. Robin somebody did. went through there. <laughs> the team Batman fought it. It counts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Pat, we're so happy you could join us midway through the show today and that your you. uh, chiropractor appointment went well. It did. I, I think I gained another two inches once nice. I got in traction. Yep. I don't know where I gained it, but it might be on the, the width of me. But Anything else, Pat? We're getting to the end of highs and lows. So what you got, brother? I did like this one a lot. I liked the with daca and i just before i came i could hear you guys through the other room as i was kind of coming in and i heard that uh, you know how much you guys liked how daca was portrayed here and just his slyness his sneakiness and and that so i liked the plan that he had going on i want to talk about that plan because he was like i want to use my radium gun to blow up the supply train and then the guy who's kind of a weasel that talks crap about daca when he's not yep, <laughs> not yep. around was like well i got this bomb and he's like well yeah we could use a bomb but I really want my radium gun back. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can use a bomb. Okay, you're getting sidetracked. You could totally stop the train with the bomb. But he was like, I got to get that radium gun back, man. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I had a radium gun, I'd want it back, too. That would be yeah. my plan A, 100%. Like, yeah, you got a gun. Might as well get it back yeah. and use it. You know where who's got it, so go ahead and get it. And, I mean, he just sent some of his thugs. It's like, eh, maybe I get it, maybe I don't. I got the bomb as a backup plan. Yeah. With that, we'll just roll right into the fun facts with Jared. And... Last episode where we covered Batman, I promised you we'd talk about Lewis Wilson. And I may have revealed this to some of the guys here on the show, on maybe some of our other shows, hint, hint. <laughs> but our listening audience needs to know that the guy who plays Batman, Lewis Wilson, he's a cool guy, right? He played Batman. Let's talk about his son. Jason, what's his son's name? Lewis Wilson Jr. His son's name is Michael G. Wilson. No way. way. Does that name sound familiar? Did he? Has to be. It's James to Bond me. fans. Yes. The current production team for James Bond is Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. And we all know that it all started with pretty much so Albert Cubby Broccoli. He bequeathed when he died the rights of Bond to his daughter, Barbara, and his stepson, Michael G. Wilson. Michael G. Wilson's real dad is Lewis Wilson. So we're talking about a man. Whose entire life has been like, oh, my stepdad pretty much created James Bond in the cinema. And my real dad is f Batman. 
I credit Michael G. Wilson for a lot of great things in the Bond universe. I mean, he started working on the films in the 80s, and he helped write some of the films. He's yeah, a lot of script work, yeah. A lot of script work. He's helmed the projects. After Cubby passed away, him and his stepsister, they ran the show. And to find out that his real dad is Lewis Wilson, a.k.a. Batman, I mean, goodness gracious, this guy's life. Now, do we all feel cheated in life? We all wish we were Michael G. Wilson. <laughs> I'm not saying another bad thing about dad because he listened to that episode where I called him a cheap bastard. So I will leave that all up to you, Listen, Jared. I'll tell you what. I would not trade my dad for Lewis Wilson or Cubby Broccoli, but Lewis Wilson and Cubby Broccoli. <laughs> you got to go. That's a tough call, Dan. Tough Cheap oh. bastards out the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my other fun facts as written in scripts is I actually looked up Douglas Croft's age at the time of filming. So I know how old Robin is. Mm-mm. Delvin doesn't want, want me to read old. it. No. <laughs> Jason told me Dude. when I, t- I talked to Jason at the photo earlier. He's like, save it for the last episode. So I guess I will. I'll save yes. It. So yes, you I will. Think you I think you should. And I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to yeah. look it up. But I don't think it matters whether or not old the actor is. It's the age he's portraying in the show which is i don't know <laughs> is he was, was he past his curfew at nine o'clock I with the thugs you, was he how do you get into the club i mean can yeah. they just bring 14 year old boys into the club my lips oh. are sealed you guys have to hash this out on your own thank you Jared. i guess we thank should ask our guests we should start asking the guests every time how old do you think robin is <laughs> so <laughs> let's just find out huey how old do you think robin is i'd say 32 32 <laughs> 32 Ooh. years old. There we go. Sometimes you can look at, he's got like a childlike face. And then you mm-hmm. look at his like his legs and they, <laughs> they're just like, he's got old man legs. It's like, ah, these little <laughs> booties are killing my corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, guys, let's get in to the Batarang ratings. Ah. As you guys know, if you listen to the show, we rate these on a scale of one to five batarangs. Five means you loved it. Four means it was very good. Three, it was good. And two, it was just okay. And one, I did not like it. We will start with our guest, Huey. One to five batarangs. What do you think? I'm going to go with, since this is my first episode, four. I think it was really good, but I need to dive into a little deeper to get a better understanding of that whole Batman. That is the dark web philosophy. He never comes out with the full score because he likes to get it all in context. And I think you're going to find some people agreeing with you on that score. I can't speak for everyone, but I will take it to Delvin. One to five Batarangs. I'm with Huey. I give it a four. At one point, I kind of got lost in a good way in the story. And that I was like, man, this is 17 minutes. This just feels rich. It was mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of good intricacy going on there, and I don't know where it's leading yet. It just seems like a good story so far, and the quality of it's been up, minus those Japanese. Yeah. But the story itself is good, and it gets a four. I agree. I agree. Let's go to Jason. Can't quite go as high as a four with this one, fellas. I'm going to go with a three. I agree with you. The story is good. It's compelling. What lost me quite a bit was... If you leave me with a cliffhanger at the end, you got to really resolve it at the beginning. So right from the beginning, it, that confusing mm-hmm. cliffhanger resolution mm-hmm. really kind of threw me off balance. I also, like I said, didn't really like the way they portrayed Alfred. I can kind of look around that, I guess. But those two things really kind of keep it from being a four. What I need to go 
to make it higher. I need to see a little bit more, something more than the formulaic type fights we've been seeing. I really want to see a good resolution to this most recent cliffhanger. And if they keep doing everything else as they're going, uh, DACA's great, the story's great, then I'm going to be up in four or five territory. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Jason. The one thing that worries me is I'm, I'm always afraid they're going to turn a corner with DACA. But so far, it's so easy for them clearly to go off the rails a bit with, with Japanese sentiment. But they've written him really well, and I hope they continue to do so. That's, that's what scares me the most, is that they'll bastardize DACA at some point. But we'll see. So far, so good. Delvin? Right now, he's kind of Japanese version of Kananga. Live and let die. Where they were going to do the black exploitation thing, and Yafet Koto looked at it and was like, "Nah, this ain't it." And they listened, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Okay, tell us what to write." And they wrote a good, credible villain and everything. So I don't know. Maybe Adaka's character got the ability to do the same thing. I don't know. So yeah, I'm I'm 100 rooting for him to stay the diabolical villain that he is because if he went caricature, I'd be like, Pat. One to five batarangs, sir. Have you guys seen my heating pad and my icy hot cream? No, you're going to need did that. I, did I pack it when I came here? You're going to need or, that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you. Short shorts and falling through. The, oh, man. It's going to make it hard to hang up Christmas yeah. decorations this year. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Gotta make sure you take care of yourself because December's going to be here before you know it. Mm, man, it is. So I'm going to need some help. But anyway. I am going to give this a four. I'm with Huey and Delvin on this one. I enjoyed this one. Lots of character moments going on here. Good story for this third episode that we saw. So I'm all in with the four. And is it me or was that guy's head smoking when he was getting zombified? Yeah, they were like, or pumping smoke. The machine was either pump, pumping smoke or and his head was smoking. Yeah. Ah, I thought his head was like on fire or something. Might have been I'm from like, Jason's victory garden. I was going to say he was enjoying something from my victory garden, it looked like. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a, he's got a big uh, helmet apparatus. Anyways, yeah. Um, Jason, does your victory garden got any uh, herbal medicine that I could use for my back pain? I got some stuff that will. You know you can't give yeah, it to Pat. You can't give it to Pat. Oh, he's on his program. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, Pat. I'll just get it from Mary Jane. Oh, goodness. Let's just get into the Gotham City mailbag, which is a little thin this time around because, well, the last Batman episode hasn't come out yet, but we can still take this moment to give special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. Fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content, free raffle entries, and so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Bill Bear. And me, Huey. <laughs> That's right. Blasted or stash it. We appreciate it. And I'll keep that rolling with Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. That old battle wagon himself, Dave Collin. Jerry Green. Greg Van Leuven. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I can't do it as well as Jerry. <laughs> I like it when Jason tries to do it. Though. Don't you like Jarman too? <laughs> Joe Hafsees Thomas. John Watson. Jose Poyo. Josh Strickland. Kathy Bright. Monstrous Mark Hathaway. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Captain Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. 
Sean Urbanski. Steve Crownin. Tim Price. Toronto Cup. And Brad Morin. If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Just remember, we record these well in advance of release, so if you're recent edition, we will add you soon. You can always let us know by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Jason, get a pen and paper. Here we Got go. Got it. Got it right it's here. Simple. Hold on. All right, just head over to Patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade for as little as a dollar a month. <laughs> you wait, can wait. access the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Come check it out. It's PatrickStewart.com and then what? <laughs> oh, Jason. Engage. It. It's Patreon.com slash Longbox Crusade. Dollar a month. Check it out. Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you want to help us out here at LBC Headquarters. We'd like it if you wrote a review on iTunes for this podcast. If you want to keep it short with star ratings, we'll take that as well. We just want to raise the profile of the show and get some more family over here. People who love these old serials and TV shows and commercials and movies and stuff we do. We want to build a family around that. So you can help us out by giving us a review on the old iTunes well, like I said, our shares, likes, and retweets is uh, a little quiet this month because the uh, last episode has not come out yet. But we'll get on that whenever we got some comments, shares, likes, and retweets. I mean, we could pretty much guess. I mean, GLHG and Clinton Robinson and Jerry Green, Rick from Jeff Rick Present, and Ain't No Packing Dog, Pack, Power the Pound, Pack Don't Stop. Let it roll. Yeah, let, let it roll. roll. Whoever that poor guy is who always has to go after unpacking the <laughs> Bernard Jeffries. Sorry, Bernard. Sorry, Bernard. Anyways, we will be back with feedback later, and I'll give it to Jason for the close. Well, thank you, Jared. And that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, and more, check out the Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I am glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. And for all you 007 fans out there, if you want to hear us on our track through all things James Bond, film, music, comic books, books, etc., you can check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, guess what? Oh, Mr. no. Mr. Walken's back. I did my first and last month's rent check clear. I'm going to be moving in. It's going to be great. <laughs> I think we're still waiting on that, Mr. Walken, but I'll have to check. I'm good for it. Yeah. We'll check with Laurel and see what she says. Oh, she works on Action Film Face-Off, doesn't she? Yeah, no. you know her. Yeah, that's... Well, it's great. No, she doesn't work for us. Well, anyways, if you guys want to talk James Bond, you can uh, you can check out on Her Majesty's Secret podcast. It's on iTunes and Google Play, most podcatches. You go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. The Twitter is at OHMS Pod. I guess for now, I'll just bring a sleeping bag in and put just be on the couch for a little while. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat Kick Us Off. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY1977. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It is all at Yard Sale Artist. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. And I'd like to thank our special guest, Huey, for joining us and putting up with our shenanigans this evening. Huey, where can they find you on the social medias? 
They can find me everywhere on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, even TikTok. How that annoys my daughter for Blast It or Stash It. We're on there for any comic book stuff for modern stuff. So definitely check us out. You do little dances and stuff with the comic I don't do the dances. No, I just show uh, off comic books. She, she's oh, definitely okay. wanting me to do some dances. I said, no, I'm not doing that. And this is but all my grandpa's not doing any dancing? <laughs> no, no spider grandpa doing any uh, dancing either. Oh, oh man. man. Disappointing. But this is all Blast It or Stash It. Any of the social yeah. media. Just look yeah, you, you Google stash. Blaster Stash, you'll find it everywhere. All right. Do that, folks. Blaster Stash, it's good stuff. Absolutely. And if you want to interact with us with live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do it on the second Sunday of every month at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Please subscribe to Longbox Crusade on YouTube. And you can click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. We'll see you next episode as we return to our coverage of the 1954 Sherlock Holmes TV series for The Case of the Royal Murder. The meetup location, 221B Baker Street. (laughs) 